0: Welcome to the podcast with Suzanne and Amy, brought to you by Homeschool Life Magazine. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Amy. And this is episode five for August 15, 2016. Wow. I had to actually look up what episode this was. I, I was going to say, really, on. episode five? I know. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. So welcome to ex- episode five. Uh, we said today that we were going to talk about big the big question in homeschooling the s question
1: the dreaded s word
0: the dreaded s word s for socialization now i don't know i wonder if it's as big a deal now as it was when i started um 15 years ago or whenever i mean all the books were had chapters about it and how this is what you're going to encounter in the outside world people will people will ask you about socialization um I wonder now if, if, um, if people are uh, less concerned about it, that they're more familiar with homeschooling. Um,
1: I think that that, I think that most of the people who start homeschooling are probably aware that socialization, and you can't see me, but I'm I'm over here, I'm like saying this with very dramatic air quotes, socialization uh (laughs) um, isn't, the big worry that they think it is. But I I think there's still a lot of non-homeschoolers who, when they hear homeschooling, immediately think, but what about socialization?
0: That's right. That's right. So this is a Mythbusters. This is a Mythbusters <laughs> episode of the podcast with Suzanne and Amy. We are going to be busting socialization myths. I have to also just mention that there is a kitten on my bed attacking a plastic bag, uh, no, a, a paper bag. Oh. So if I get distracted for a moment, it's because a paper bag is being eviscerated before my eyes. Um, yeah, so people actually have approached me in the wild, um, about with, with questions about socialization. Um, we have a, we have a t-shirt that has been passed down from oldest kid to now youngest kid. And it's got the caution, uh, the yellow caution sign. It says caution unsocialized homeschooler. (laughs) Um, and I bought that at my, my one and only, uh, homeschool convention that I went to. Um, maybe we can put a picture of that up. So anyway, when if we're going to talk about socialization, I think the first thing we need to do is define our terms. Um, so when we talk about this sort of thing, I think we're asking, can a child uh, behave and interact appropriately with other people in different social settings? Uh, when people have approached me, they've I've actually gotten questions from strangers about, well, how would they deal with bullies on a playground? Or do they know how to act in a classroom? Um, stuff like that. So, so, did, so what would your definition of socialization be?
1: Well, I mean, I guess the, the dictionary definition of socialization has, has nothing to do with, with having a social life or having friends. It has to do with um, effectively acquiring the behavioral norms of one's particular society. So I mean, can you wait in line at the supermarket? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It is definitely one of those. Um, for me, it's like one of those Anigo um, Montoya moments, like like in The Princess Bride, where people say socialization, and I want to be like, I do
0: not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> Well, there is a certain, I mean, there is a certain extent about that, right? I mean, could you go to, could your kids go to a restaurant and behave, not go around and grab food off other people's plates or something like that? Um, so, I mean, so that's one part about it is, is how do they behave in social settings? And then I think there's a second part um, that you alluded to about their social life, you know, building a social life. How, as homeschoolers, can we help our children to find friends and develop those kind of long-term relationships, um, which I think is a harder problem, but let's talk about the first one first about behaving, you know, interacting appropriately in different social settings. And, um, like I mentioned on another podcast, I have kind of like three different answers, um, for when people approach me with this kind of question. And the first is a snarky answer. So if people ask me, are you concerned about homes, about socialization? Then, then the snarky answer is uh, why, yes, I'm concerned about socialization. That's why I'm homeschooling my children, um, which I don't <laughs> actually say to people because that would be obnoxious.
1: But sometimes you think it very loudly.
0: I do. And I think I think it every time you hear about kids being bullied on the playground or kids coming home, you know, just with behaving in ways that, that your family doesn't go along with, you know, what your family teaches um so yeah so that's my that's my snarky for other homeschoolers answer when um i'm asked by like family or friends or people who like care and i want to reassure them my answer is kind of to go through the list of everything that we do right so are you concerned about socialization well not really you know we have relationships at church We, the kids all do extracurriculars through the local parks and rec. You know, we go to, when they were little, we'd go to storytelling at the library. You know, they have all these different opportunities to learn how you sit in a classroom, how you maybe raise a hand to ask a question in certain circumstances, how you interact with teachers or other students. Um, So, yeah, so we've always had, and I think most people do, unless you're living under a rock, you know. 've got a you've got a list of, of things that you do outside of your home but my my third answer that I would give for prospective homeschoolers my, my real and for true answer is I just I just think it's a non-issue um, for for almost everybody I think that that as long as again you're not living under a rock you haven't locked your kids in a closet that you are if you are outside interacting with other people, you you learn along the way you can t- and, and actually you can make case that since you are usually one on one with your kids that you can help them that homeschoolers behave better <laughs> in a lot of circumstances.
1: Well, and, you know, um, since I'm sort of a. A giant homeschool nerd, and I will read every study that comes across my desk that has to do with homeschooling. There's, yes, there's yes. actually research, legitimate scientific research, that suggests that as far as socialization in the dictionary definition sense of the word goes, homeschoolers may be better socialized than kids who go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, this Discovery Center in Seattle did a study a few years ago where they had counselors analyze the socialized behavior in groups of kids from a variety of educational backgrounds. They Basically, they watched the kids playing together and paid attention to how they interacted. And across the board, the studies homeschool participants were less likely than more traditionally schooled peers to exhibit problem behaviors. I mean, So obviously, like one study is a conclusive evidence. It doesn't mean that every single homeschooler is better socialized than every non homeschooler. But I mean, it's a little nice data based evidence to support the whole homeschoolers are not unsocialized side. Well, and it
0: feels I mean, to me, it feels kind of intuitively obvious that if you're homeschooling your children, they aren't in school for however many hours a day, right? So they're outside that one very narrow environment. They get to experience, or they potentially get to experience a lot of different environments. Right. Um, they also get more interaction with kids of all ages, right? I mean, in school, it's this very rigid uh, kind of atmosphere. You never, you never experience that outside of school, right? When you get a job, you don't get a job that's only with your peers that were born, you know, in this twelve-month span that, that live lives within. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so they actually have a lot broader experience of of socializing, quote unquote, in the outside world. i I, I will say, you know we have a lot of uh, teachers in the family. We've got teachers as friends. And I have had um, some of our friends and family talk about like having a homeschooler transfer into middle school or transfer into high school. And they have said that they're they on occasion have a note have noticed. Um, have noticed that there's there's at least a period of adjustment, and that it feels to them a little bit like the homeschoolers can have a rough time with that adjustment. Um, so, you know, that hasn't personally been our experience with our kids transferring in. You know, I don't want to just dismiss it because, like I said, they they they're out there teaching in the real world. But I do wonder, I do wonder about cause and effect, right? There's a lot of different reasons that we might homeschool. And one reason we might homeschool is that our child, for whatever reason, just the home, the the traditional school environment might not be a great place for them. Um, so so not knowing those kids, not knowing the experience, like I don't think that homeschooling causes the problems. I think that sometimes homeschooling is a solution to a problem, and that may be what you're seeing with with a difficult adjustment period.
1: Well, and I think a lot of people changing situations and what, what could be a pretty dramatic way would go through a period of adjustment. I mean, some yeah. people might navigate it really easily and some people might struggle more. I, I also wonder, and I'm not I'm not saying this about your friends in a negative way, but I wonder how much of their own judgment people bring to that situation. Like if right. a kid were transferring from, say, a public school to a private school in high school, there would be a period of adjustment. And I wonder how that would compare to a homeschooler's period of adjustment, and how those two periods of adjustment would compare in the sort of traditional educator's mind.
0: Right. I think I think that's true, and I think that when homeschoolers come in, in particular, there's still kind of if if the if the teachers know about it, right, that there's still kind of this this H on them, right. right. I mean, they're they're watching them more closely. The Scarlet or- H. Right. They're kind of expecting, you know, I, I've talked about, um, when my, my older daughter went through, went into a summer program, um, actually through Duke tip and took a creative writing course, her teacher afterwards was, was kind of like, wow, she did so great. She sat in the classroom (laughs) fine and raised her hand. I mean, and it was, it was not a big deal. She was very used to those. My daughter was very used to those kind of environments, but, uh, the teacher, you know, found out the first day that she was homeschooled and just you know, she was bringing her own expectations right. um, to the room and and it was totally fine. She was a lovely teacher. I'm just, it's, it's still kind of a weird place. No, I no, think, but I
1: think, I think people do have this idea about how homeschoolers are. Right. And when they see things that support that idea, they're like, oh, well, that idea was right. And when they see things that contradict it, they're like, oh, that's weird. What an unusual kid.
0: Right. 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 And I also think that if you're not, a, you know, for example, that my children's teachers in high school don't necessarily know that they're homeschooled. They don't. I mean, they just started high school along with everybody else. So unless they had some kind of getting to know you period, um, the teachers would have no idea. So I think that if you're a homeschooler and you kind of slip in and you don't have any issues you may not even, people may not even realize that that's a transition that you just made. Right.
1: Well, in a lot of kids, the transition to high school, there are some bumps. Right. Regardless of how you're schooled.
0: So but anyway, I, I mean.
1: I, I guess they have lockers in middle school now. But I mean, I couldn't get my locker open for the first two weeks of high school.
0: No, no. It's, it's, and they change schedules. It's bizarre. Like, anyway. Um, okay. So. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is in general, I really, I really do believe that this sort of homo- uh, uh, socialization is, is a non-issue for most, for most homes. Like if you're going to have issues with it, you were going to have issues with it, even if you were traditionally schooled. Right. Um, but if you're, con- the great news is that if you're concerned, um, then there's a, so many things you can do, right? I mean, all the extracurriculars are open to homeschoolers. You can do sports. You can do... I'm not talking about with the schools. I'm talking like with the local parks and rec, right? Yes. Um, art classes and sports and music and drama and, uh, hey, Girl Scouts. Yes.
1: And I mean, and, I taught a class last year at our homeschool group where the kids published a literary magazine, which is something right. you would normally associate with school.
0: Exactly. Um, like I said, when the children were young, we went to a lot of library story times, which was a great way for young kids to kind of learn appropriate, not that that's the primary reason to go, but as a side effect, you learn some of the the ways to behave, um, cousin camp, you know, if you can send your kids to cousin, you know, just, just get them out in the world and then it'll be okay. That's (laughs)
1: well, yeah, because it is it is not hard to find things to do with other people as a homeschooler. I used to do a daily homeschool calendar when we were doing Atlanta homeschool Mm -hmm. and I had no trouble finding something for homeschoolers to do with other people. Every single day of the month, there are homeschool days and classes and activities and groups and clubs and more and more things pop up all the time. Now that homeschooling is kind of, I don't know, is it
0: more popular?
1: i seems like a weird
0: word to use. To I think it's definitely more in the people know about it. Yeah. Right? It's more
1: common. Maybe. Yeah.
0: yeah. So um, finding
1: things, as long as you're willing to get in the car and drive or hop on the bus and ride, right. finding things to do with other people is, is pretty easy.
0: It really is. Um, but and then I, but friends. Is like, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the, the harder question is, is, uh, Building, building, building that friend network, you know, meeting people that you really click with and then, and then being friends. Um, and I thought, you know, I thought that, well, I, when I started homeschooling, I'm like, oh, well, they've got all these homeschool support groups, all these homeschool co-ops. You know, this won't be an issue. We'll just go to them. And what I found is that we've met some lovely people that that didn't really solve the problem for us because a lot of the problem is around um, logistics, Uh, you've got to meet somebody that you click with really well, then you've got to figure out if your schedule lines up, then you've got to figure out, you know, we're in Metro Atlanta, we could be meeting, you know, people can live 45 minutes away. Right. Um, And I think that there is an expectation set up by our current birthday party culture. (laughs) I mean, when I was growing up, we didn't have a birthday party. I don't want to sound deprived. I was perfectly happy. We didn't have a birthday party every year, and if we did have a birthday party, it wasn't like a big deal. Every like you'd have cake at somebody's house, right? Right. And now the birthday parties that my kids have grown up with, you know, it's at a place, right? It's an event, and they invite their entire class. They invite you know everybody in their their daycare classroom or whatever. So you go to these parties, and there's always thirty people at them. And my kids all came away from that kind of, you know, all four of them have talked about at one point or another feeling like they just didn't have friends, like they didn't have the same friend network that their uh, traditionally school friends did, which which is tough. Which is tough. Do you think? Um,
1: do you think that that's? Do you think that that's true? I mean, now that you have kids in school, is, is their social life really, I guess they're also at high school, which is a difference, right? But Does their social life seem really different from
0: your kids at home? I think it's a perception problem. I do. I mean, I think when you go to a birthday party, for example, and you're in a fifth grader or something, and you see that there's 30 people there, you know, the child who's hosting that birthday party, that's not 30 best friends, right? That is just literally the people from their class who they may or may not be close friends with.
1: Well, Um, and schools have like crazy rules about, you can't give out invitations unless you invite everybody.
0: Exactly. And then I also know that from my, our friends who have gone to traditionally school, you know, have, have gone to traditional schools that they run into many of these same problems. The kids have got so much homework. They've got so much going on that getting together with friends outside of school is very difficult. And that's even if you've got friends, you know, we've, we've had friends who have changed schools because there've been issues with bullying because they, there's been clicks and they haven't, they haven't been able to make friendships, you know, so it's not, it's not easy for anyone, I think, in the culture we've got right now. And I've asked, I've asked, you know, well, okay, so the kids who go to school, like, well, how much time do you get to hang out? And sometimes they don't, right? Schools don't necessarily have PE anymore. Um, sometimes in lunchrooms, they're not allowed to talk, right? Or they have assigned seating. I mean, it, I think it's a problem across the board. And I think that part of the problem for us as homeschoolers, again, is that perception right. of them going to that birthday party and then trying to think, okay, well, who can I invite to my birthday party? And maybe they come up with two or three people.
1: Well, and, uh, and thinking about their friends in school, going and seeing their friends every single day, they it, it's right. hard to appreciate that that isn't really a social opportunity for those kids all the time.
0: Well, and there's some truth to that, right? Like my, my daughter, my older daughter's uh, best friend, that, who is also a homeschooler and uh, who I guess she met when they were both probably, I want to say late elementary, early early um, middle school they were introduced we were introduced by a mutual friend but she literally lives 45 minutes away so they're not going to see each other every day um we try to get them together every couple of weeks but just, it's
1: i'm sure like a logistical challenge you have four yeah. kids
0: <laughs> you right right so i mean so i think that's i think i think i guess what i just want to do is kind of acknowledge that that is that that part of it is difficult and that it can feel more difficult for homeschoolers because they can compare themselves to, again, the birthday party culture, to their friends who get to see, who do get to at least say hi to their, their friends every day in school. Right. Um, and it is something that we, that it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be going on. Uh, I thought we'd just go to a couple of park days and meet some other homeschoolers and and the Problem would be solved, but you know, just because somebody else is homeschooled doesn't mean that they're gonna, you know, it'd be your instant best friend, right? So, um, yeah, so I guess I just kind of wanted to acknowledge that. How, what has your experience been with your guys?
1: Well, it, it I, I do find it tough, and I, I find that it's an area that brings up for me a lot of, I guess, guilt
0: because
1: mm. I think. It's hard when your child's social life depends on you and a right. school child's social life really does depend on his or her parents. I mean, I think in that situation, you feel all your own shortcomings in that area so hard. I'm, mm-hmm. So I, this may be shocking to you, but I'm, I'm kind of introverted, <laughs> um, maybe like kind of super crazy introverted.
0: I, We've never actually met in person, right?
1: Dan and I have lunch every every couple of weeks. <laughs> She's one of my exception people. I have like a handful of exception people who I can see and it it doesn't just like make me feel like a dead battery. But for the most part, like making a plan to get out of the house and do something social even once a week is it's actually it's, it sounds it sounds so overly dramatic and there there are many worse problems, but it's really difficult for me. Right. Um we do our homeschool group once a week and I mean, I, I seriously, I don't even try to do anything else that entire day because I know that spending time with those people who are lovely, wonderful, right. smart, fun to be around people is just going to completely drain my battery. I, um, I, it's something that I, re- I really I struggle with um, and, and I try to do things to mitigate it. I mean, I, I find that social stuff is a little easier for me when I have a specific job to do. So okay. I'll volunteer to do things like, um, like I led the Girl Scout troop that that it brought us together, hooray! Right. And um, I helped with my daughter's Destination Imagination team, and I teach a class at our homeschool group, so that so that I have something to do and something to talk about when I'm there. But I. I spend a lot of time worrying that I'm going to pass my social anxiety onto my kids or that I'm right. keeping them from having friends that, you know, in 10 years, they're really going to resent me for not giving them a normal social life, whatever that is,
0: that I'm ruining their lives,
1: of course, you know, and then from there, the
0: homeschool. Well, stuff and I think too. that's, that's an occupational hazard of being a, a homeschool mom, right? Is that since we are well, and you know, could be a homeschool dad, it just happens that most of the homeschooling families I know, it's the mom that's home and teaching the kids. And since we feel we, since we fill so many different roles and since we're with them so much of the time, I think, I think we're all, I know I'm afraid that, that um, we will pass on things that we don't want to pass on to our kids just because we're such a strong influence. Um, But even, you know, I mean, I've got my own share of social anxiety, but even without that, gosh, when, we have only belonged to, like, homeschool groups off and on, but when we did, back when the kids were younger, just trying to get all of them in the car, I mean, even when I didn't have four of them, um, and leaving the house was a really big deal. I mean, even if you don't have the anxiety part, just the, just getting out the door was miserable.
1: Right, getting pants on everybody and shoes on everybody and making sure everyone has brushed their teeth
0: exactly and I was pregnant half the time and it was you know and I didn't really want to go right I I mean they were all lovely people but you know I didn't have a best friend there I was going for the kids and it was really we didn't make it a lot and also we didn't end up doing a lot with the groups we usually kind of kind of bowed out after a little while so yeah. So I think it can be tough on on everybody the kids and on the the parents. Uh, but I do think, I mean, I don't want to be a complete downer because I do think there's, I do think if we acknowledge that, that there's stuff that we can do to help. Yes. Um, and, and one of them is just to keep trying, right? Just keep trying new stuff, try a different class, try a different extracurricular, uh, try an, an after school group, try co-op classes, you know, just, just keep trying. And um,
1: I think that you do eventually find, um, routines and patterns that can work for you and, and seeing people over and over again. I mean, I know that um, it took us about a year of doing our weekly homeschool group, but my kids both have friends. there now good mm-hmm. friends. Um, and, you know, for me, having it marked on our schedule every week, like we do this on Thursdays, has been helpful. It makes, I can look at it and say, oh, look, we have a social life.
0: Right. Right. And then when they start making those friends, you know, I've got I've got on my list, follow up every lead. Right. I mean, if, if somebody expressed it. Oh, I had a good time with so and so. I'm like, OK, well, uh, how can I help you? Let's get together. Let's get together um, outside of the group or whatever. And, and let's try to nurture that relation. And that doesn't always it doesn't always happen. It doesn't you know, you can't make something happen. So you're just kind of following up possibilities. Yes. Um, And we really made it a priority, right? There have been times that we have, you know, if my daughter was going to see her best friend, an opportunity to go hang out with her best friend to do something, uh, I would cancel class for that because the, the, you know, since they're not seeing their friends every day, we really made it a priority when those opportunities came around. Right. Um, And the other thing that I didn't expect that has been really big for us is online friendships. Yes. Uh, My oldest son. Yeah, he, he reconnected uh, uh, later on. He reconnected with a, uh, a boy that we knew when they were in, they knew when they were in a play group, like when they were babies, like a neighborhood play group. And um, they reconnected online as, as older kids and they hang out every day online or, or have or did for a long while. And then my youngest son, his best friend, who he met through our church, um, moved away, moved up north. Uh, but they still talk almost every day online and play games together and hang out together. So, you know, these are situations where they knew the people in real life first, uh, or some other connection. But they, you know, the online friendships have been have been huge and have been at sometimes the the most important friendships.
1: Well, and I think that's a great thing about homeschooling now versus homeschooling ten years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's it.
1: That's a great change for people
0: so 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 we think there's things that can be done (laughs) yes
1: yeah i mean i i think socialization is not a problem and it's stupid and annoying to have to talk about socialization Mm -hmm. but a a social life is a different thing and and in all fairness it, it can be challenging to do as a homeschooler definitely not impossible right but but there are challenges and it's good to know that i think. And to I kind of own that. and acknowledge, yes, sometimes this is hard.
0: Sometimes to acknowledge like our, our, we don't
1: have this under control,
0: right? And to acknowledge our own issues with it, and that it's hard at all ages, and that it's hard whether you're a homeschooler or not. Yes. And that we're all just we're just going to keep on trying, and if we keep trying, we will all get. I mean, you know, I said at one point that all four of my kids have had have have talked at one point or another about being unhappy about that. As it happens, all four of my kids, that problem was eventually solved. Right. Either by it. They made a close friend. They've got a close online friendship. They've, they've got friends at church. You know, we, we've gotten to a place where we're doing OK with all of those areas. But it did. It did take a little extra work. Yes. But, you know, I think that one of those ways you can meet other people is by taking a class.
1: Oh, <laughs> is this a segue to our first sponsor spot?
0: Are, are you proud of me? Well,
1: I am because I think that's actually one of the, the things that I'm the most excited about for our online classes is that they, they kind of give people a group of
0: people to to nerd out with. So tell us about online classes. Well, Homeschool Life magazine is presenting the new fall slate of online classes. Um, so your child can make friends all across the country. <laughs> um, as it happens, I'm going to be teaching one of them. I'm going to teach teaching a few of those classes. Um, and one of them that I'm really excited about is uh, called Critical Thinking and the Media, Talking Back to Your Television.
1: And I'm going to interrupt here to say that I am also so excited about it that my daughter was your first student in the class.
0: <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! So I'm really, this is a class I've actually, this is based on a class I've taught a few times with my kids and their friends. And what it is, is you're just trying to raise We're trying to raise critical thinkers, right? We want our kids to be, they are saturated 100% of the time, and they know it with media uh, images, people trying to get you to do something, to buy something, to support something. And I think it's really important that we all learn how to be skeptical of that, that we all learn how to think critically about it, that we all just simply learn to be aware of when it's happening. Um, and like I said, the great thing is our kids—they're—they're they're pretty savvy about it already because this is what they've grown up with, and it's only intensified since we were kids. Um, so what this class we we want to do is we want to kind of go through and identify techniques um, that that the arguments you know that we're receiving all the time, the techniques that people are using, um, maybe some kind some of the logical issues. With some of those techniques, and and then the hunt when you know for the you will have class, and then the hunt is on the next week to find examples of that in the real world. And let me tell you, it is never a problem. Um, we do talk about a couple of techniques that the kids might find examples of within talking to their mom and dad, uh, make making logical errors. So that's that's maybe not such a great thing. But anyway. Um, I'm really excited about it. And then at the end of the class, kids who want to, uh, we can have an opportunity to make their own commercial and use as many of the techniques as possible, uh, which is a lot of fun. So I'm really excited to teach the class. When I've done this before, kids have really enjoyed it because it is very much an everyday in your face part of their life. And I think it's important, unlike certain states, which shall in Texas, which at one point, what, tried to outlaw critical thinking specifically?
1: (laughs) I did not know that. I'm sorry. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they didn't want critical thinking taught in their schools because then you might question authority and hey. Um, So yeah, anyway, Homeschool Life Magazine's fall slate of classes. Check it out on the website, including critical thinking and the media talking back to your television.
1: Yes. And these classes really are a great opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers. I think, um, you know, one thing I noticed as my daughter starts high school is that lots of people make different choices for high school. Lots of kids go back to school or to private school or they, their routine really shifts up. So that can be an age where suddenly your social life is in big transition. And I think finding like-minded people is a great way to kind of make that transition a little smoother.
0: I think so. And even not even if you don't become best friends forever and ever, just knowing, hey, I'm not the only person out here doing this, right? I'm not isolated. Yes. There's a community of people out here doing this. Okay. My kitten is now trying to eat the Ethernet cable. Oh. That is a t-
1: <laughs> We're having so, technical is a few- difficulties.
0: difficulties
1: If you suddenly cut out, we'll know that it's due to an overload of adorableness over on your side
0: of the world. That's right. I'm going to throw things at his head and see if that helps. Uh.
1: While we're on your side of the world, didn't you guys start back to school this week?
0: We did. We started back to school. So Monday, uh, uh, my oldest daughter went back to high school. She's had her first day as a sophomore and survived her first week and met all her teachers and and, you know, it, it's so different nowadays. Gosh, they get their schedule and then they take a picture of it and then they Instagram it and <laughs> find out who's got the same lunch and everything. Um, uh, so that went really well. And she's excited. I think she's exhausted, but she's excited. Uh, we started homeschooling with the, uh, oh gosh, sixth and eighth graders at home. And since we start slow, as I've mentioned many times, it just means that we got up. At 9 o'clock, we did Read Aloud. Uh, we're doing Oliver Twist. Oh, is a good one. I've never done Dickens as a Read Aloud, so this is this is new. And I wasn't thrilled about doing Oliver Twist because, um, I don't know, I just feel like I, I know that story really well and I'm kind of sick of it. But when I look, I mean, it's short. For Dickens, it's short. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the straightforward story. Um, and then I'm enjoying it more than I, than I thought I would because I've forgotten just how brutally sarcastic he is. Yeah. At the beginning. Um, so anyway, so we're doing Oliver Twist, and then we do we're doing some math review.
1: And you guys, you guys are Saxon bands.
0: We we have done Saxon all the way through for all kids. So in this case, uh, uh, the Saxon textbooks they have what they have uh, quote unquote tests, which are like review worksheets that you're supposed to give every fifth lesson, which we don't typically give, because um, we're usually busy doing other things. But So what I do when I hit a review period like this is I go back and I pull out all those old worksheets and we just work through them up to the point that we've gotten in the lessons. And that's a really good plan. Yeah. So it just works as kind of a a review of material that they've already learned to kind of wake their brains back up again and bring them back up to to where we finished off. Since we finished off mid book, right? We didn't actually finish a book. We just stopped wherever we were uh, when we came to the end of last year. Right. And, and then the 18-year-old is packing up his room. That's crazy. He moves into the dorm on Thursday. And his sister, who will, will move into his room, move out of the room that she shares with her sister, um, is right behind him with paint swatches. <laughs> oh. So awesome. there, is, there is change coming in my house. <laughs> um, yeah, that's been, that's been exciting.
1: Well, of course, we did not start back to school this week because civilized people do not start school until after Labor Day. That's right. Barbarians. <laughs> um, but my my um, my sister-in-law, whom, as you know, I adore. Best sister-in-law ever. She's just lovely in every possible way. Um, she's in town from California this week. We're having a baby shower for her. And
0: oh, how awesome. She's so cute.
1: She's, like, at the stage of being pregnant where her stomach is just adorable. uh uh-huh. And if you were a jerk, you would touch it all the time because it's so cute, but you're not a <laughs> jerk and you remember how it felt when people would just like walk up to you and feel that they had the right to touch not you. Not
0: cool. Not cool. So
1: yeah, we're, we're so excited. Um, it's it's just lovely having her here. The kids love her. I love her. Jason loves her. It's like all happy kumbaya Oh,
0: outside. that's so great. Yeah.
1: Um, and Jason and I also finally got around to seeing Star Trek, the new Star Trek.
0: Awesome. We went out last night. It took us a while, too, but we went out last night, all six of us, and saw it. I love and, that you uh, go together. <laughs> we don't do that much together anymore. We, we don't eat dinner around. I feel really, really <laughs> embarrassed. Don't judge me. This needs to be a judgment-free zone that we don't eat dinner around the table the way all you know families are supposed to. Um, we did for years and years, and now we kind of don't, but we still hang out a lot. And um, yeah, movies are something that all six of us do together. Uh, so we enjoyed it. We enjoyed. It. I can't be objective about Star Trek, though. It's been such a part of my my nerdy life. There are major life events that have happened around Star Trek in in my life, um, and I love the new cast so much.
1: Oh, they're so perfect.
0: They really are. I mean,
1: you could forgive them for anything,
0: right? Right. And- yeah, there were maybe a few teensy story problems.
1: Well, I feel like when you're watching it, you don't feel the story problems at all. It's just like this delightful
0: wrong. It's just a very fun night at the movies, especially if you're a, a Star Trek nerd. And, um, and I have to say,
1: the Star Trek's message, you know, that sort of that unity and hope will always triumph over fear and xenophobia is, is kind of something that, I need to hear right now. It's not an, this has not been a happy summer of news.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they're not subtle about it. It is right there. And I appreciate that. I think I'm they like, yeah, so, sick so at, so at one tough. point.
1: Don't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Oh, and there's a new, there's a new, um, a uh, new character in there. Jayla. I think my, uh, my husband and my older daughter are getting ready to go to Dragon Con here in a few weeks. I'm like, oh, there are going to be so many people cosplaying that character because she is so awesome.
1: She is a great
0: character. She was a great character. I'm hoping she becomes a regular uh, on the, on in the in the series, hoping they have another movie. But I have to share with you a parenting moment that okay, happened on, on the way to Star Trek. Now, <laughs> it's going to sound like a big deal, but I want to really build this up so you guys know it's a big deal. So we said, okay, guys, we're going to leave at 620 to go see this movie. So we made sure everybody knew. And then about 6, 16, I'm upstairs. I like grab my cell phone, put it in the purse, grab my shoes. I go downstairs to the, to the den, you know, right outside where we leave to go to the car. And over the next, like say two or three minutes, the entire rest of the family came into the den and they all had shoes on and they were all ready to go. And we just kind of went and got in the car. And I didn't have to chase anybody. The husband was ready, 47-year-old. And, and we all just went in the car. And, and magic. It was like a magic spell. I it's said, a hey, homeschool family it, miracle. I know. We're going to leave at 620. And they showed up at 620 with shoes on. Oh my, ready were you go. then like
1: an hour early for the movie? I <laughs>
0: No, no, no. We we only only a little bit. Only half an hour. I like to a <laughs> half an hour. But um but no, I just and, and okay, so maybe this is not like a high bar to set given that my kids are currently 18, 15, 11, you know, 13 and 11. But I just think back like talking to trying to get out to do homeschool stuff, there was like 10 years of my life where it seemed like the only thing I did all day long was look for somebody's shoe. And I just feel like I was just last night I was just kind of basking in the moment like I have arrived. I can now tell my family when it is time to leave and they will be ready to go. Well,
1: and isn't it amazing that it happened before your son left to go to college? I mean you had them all living at home and this happened.
0: I know it was a thing of beauty. So I just I just wanna mention it out there to everybody who's in the trenches with trying to get your trying to find your child's shoe. Trying to get them to put on pants, trying to, I mean, you get one corralled and then you have to chase the other one down. I mean, honest to God, with four kids, I just, it was my least, okay, next to potty training, which if I, you know, I would, you know, we need to outsource that. We need to figure out how to outsource that in a hurry because that is not something that parents should have to do. It is too horrible. Um the the getting kids in the car and ready to go is the least favorite thing about parenting. So I would just like, for those of you who are still in the trenches, the day will come. There will be a time when it is okay.
1: The magical day. I, I kind of love knowing that. I only have two, Suzanne, and we still are looking for shoes on the way out the door.
0: I'm telling you, sometimes a 47-year-old is a big problem in my house. We got them all out there. We got them all out there. So anyways, it was a moment, and I just wanted to enjoy it because... I don't know if it'll happen again, <laughs> but it might know. Uh, So is there anything else going on in your life? Um, well,
1: uh, there's, I, there's an apology that should be going on in my life. I think our last podcast I said very confidently, oh, I'll get up our book club plan by the end of the week. And those of you who were looking for it on the website would have been sorely disappointed because – my sister-in-law is in town, and I was having too much fun to put it up. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I know, that's okay. You know what? It's going up definitely.
1: Yes. Sometimes sometimes I I, I sometimes I forget that there's only one of me. Sometimes I think <laughs> I have, like, extra Amy's floating around who can do other things, and I'll be like, oh, well, I would literally need to be two people to get everything on my list
0: done. No, we're just getting excited and enthusiastic about well, things. And just, you know, maybe over... Overschedule a teen student
1: And our books, but, was, I'm so excited. Suzanne and I met and we sat down and we made the list of all the books and it was so exciting.
0: Yeah, we're definitely enthusiastic. If this <laughs> is worse than enthusiasm. So, uh, Homeschool Life Reads, presented by Homeschool Life Magazine starting this fall, September. Our first book, should we have a drum roll? Our first book, we're going to do The Westing Game. Um,
1: Yay, one of and- the great books.
0: One of the great books. I'm so excited. And then we've got, we made a great list. Amy stamped it with her stamp of approval. It was awesome. Um, We've got, gosh, everything from Jekyll and Hyde to Howl's Moving Castle, The Great Brain to A Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making. Um, They're all such great books, and I'm so excited to read them. So definitely check the website, because they will definitely be up there. Yes. And The way it's going to work is we want people to be able to give it a try, you know, to try and to work with what their schedule works and with the books that they're interested in. So you can sign up month by month for whatever months you're interested in for $25 a month. If you sign up for three months or more, uh, that goes down to $20 a month. And if you want to go ahead and sign up for the full nine-month school year, that works out to $15 a month. Um, and if you sign up for one month and you're like, hey, this is so great. I want to upgrade. Uh, we are more than happy to do that for you. You just send us an email and we'll take care of it. But all of those details will be up. We'll, will be up. They will. I promise. I'm so sorry. <laughs> on the website. And and uh, we hope you guys will be reading along with us.
1: It is going to be okay. a year of delightful reading.
0: Yes. Yes. Hey, speaking of reading. Yes. Speaking of delightful reading. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was your pick last time.
1: It was, and I have to say it wasn't like a carefully thought out pick. I was like, oh, what, what should we read? This looks kind of interesting. Let's read this. <laughs> so so I'm glad I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, so um, it sounds like you liked it too. But anyway, we read um, All the Birds in the Sky" by Charlie Jane Anders. Um, I guess I'll just kind of summarize, yeah, yeah yeah. The book. Um, it's about a girl named Patricia who is a witch and a boy named Lawrence, who is obsessed with computers and technology. They meet up when they're kids and they kind of connect. They're both outcasts with really terrible parents and awful families. Um, They're childhood friends, but life splits them up. Patricia ends up going to an underground magic school while Lawrence becomes sort of a tech guru and um, they meet up again as adults in San Francisco. In a world that seems to be kind of rapidly on its way to falling apart, there's major climate changes, natural disasters, wars, you name it. It's it's, it's clearly apocalyptic times. Um, Both Patricia and Lawrence want to save the world, but in very different ways. Um, I think that's all I can really say without spoiling anything, which which I really don't want to do because I thought this book was delightful and, and you should probably read it.
0: Yes. Yes. Everyone should go out and read. I really liked it. Oh, good. I really liked it a lot, but I want, I want to start out with a complaint, um, <laughs> if that's okay. And my, my complaint is about the title and the cover of this book. Um, I had put this on my to-read list because I'd ran across it somewhere before you mentioned it, but I didn't remember anything about it. And And I can tell why. I mean, the title, All the Birds in the Sky it does have some meaning connected to the story, but really it's a terrible generic title. I mean, how about Lawrence and Patricia and the doomsday machine or something right. like that. Um, and then the cover is birds. There's the title well, and the bird. It looks a so much generic
1: young adult book.
0: Well, I don't even think it looks young adult. I think it looks like, um, gouache, what, uh, all the light we cannot see. Uh, everyone brave is forgiven, right? Yeah. There's this, There's this way of doing covers now where you have these long titles and they're on the front and then you have kind of a generic background. It just looks like all of those other books. You would never know that inside these covers is this great uh, genre book, is this great YA book Um, because it's so, so generic. I'm actually worried. I know what they're trying to do, right? Uh, Genre isn't prestigious enough, right? Science fiction fantasy isn't prestigious enough. So they're trying to uh, position. I'm assuming that they're trying to position this as the more prestigious literary fiction, speculative fiction. But what they've done is they've so completely genericed the title and the cover that I'm worried people won't find it. So so go out and find this book. <laughs>
1: oh, it, it is. It is I, I agree, but I don't understand the title at all. I mean, it, it sort of ties into the book. But I mean, really only sort of.
0: Right. The um. book is... Is so it's so much funnier. I didn't think it was going to be funny. It's very funny in the beginning. It's like a uh, when there are children, especially. It's like a cross between Roald Dahl and you know Pratchett or Adams or something yes. like that. It's I mean, it's quirky. It, yes, it's 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 surprisingly funny. Um, the, the boy at the beginning, he builds a time machine uh, that bumps him two seconds forward into the future. That's all it does. Um, it's great. I mean, that's, that's a very, that's a very Douglas Adams kind of thing. Um, it reminded me all the way throughout of, I kept being reminded of different authors of different books, which is not to say that it's at all derivative, but rather that the author Anders, she clearly, she knows her stuff, right? I feel like clearly she's coming from a great love of the science fiction and fantasy genres. And she knows what she's talking about. Um, So I kept being reminded of other, of other great books. And I also felt like it was a very, so we're in the near future. We're in a near disastrous future. And I felt like the near future that she created was very fresh. I mean, it felt very up to date. Um, Sometimes we have authors, uh, Margaret Atwood comes to mind. And she, of course, of course, Atwood is fabulous. But when she dips into science fiction and she tries to write about a near future, you can tell that she's maybe not exactly in touch with what's happening right right now among you know the young people and in the tech <laughs> world and clearly uh, this author she knows right she's she's young and she's up to date so the near future that she created felt uh, very interesting and very real but still quirky and unique.
1: Well, yeah, I think the science in the book this the speculative science was was great and interesting mm-hmm. and believable and as you say that is not always the case
0: right right um I want I think my biggest complaint aside from the title and the cover is um that I really wanted to know more about the world right that's what it came down to it's like wait I want to know more about how these witches are interacting in the broader society or i want to hear more about the schools or i want to hear and i mean that's that's not a bad complaint to have but no. you know i could have probably i mean i think you could have i think you could have doubled the length of this book easily. Um, yeah telling this story and she would have had more than enough material so so leaving him wanting more is not a is not a bad place to be
1: no i'd love to see um her revisit this world, maybe like different pieces of it, because, um, well, yes, like the 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 magic school. I mm-hmm. I was dying to know more about that.
0: Right. Yeah. I kind of I wanted to know how they all how they all interact. But I was really upset in the beginning. I don't know if you find this. I have such a heart. You know, you you mentioned that the schools that they go to are terrible. The parents that they have are terrible. And I have such a hard time reading about that since I've had kids. Like, I read all this stuff growing up. It didn't bother me. But even now, like reading Harry Potter after I had kids, I'm like really upset <laughs> about how he gets treated. So I like I have had to put the book down sometimes. I mean, because it's, it's so horrifically over the top. It really is. At all. In fact, I, I went and and reread Matilda because I just I was like, I need to read <laughs> i'll read about some other horrific parents where i know it comes out okay
1: <laughs> i read um i read a theory that in harry potter this made me feel better that um because harry is an unintentional horcrux that's why the dursleys are so terrible that's like what makes them so extra terrible
0: oh i never. that's very interesting
1: i found that oddly comforting because like it is hard to buy that People in a parental role would be that awful all the time.
0: Well, you know that's that's a staple of children's books, right? That you have the horrific parents, you have the horrific school. But I just and it didn't bother me as a kid. I mean, as a kid, I didn't, I didn't, you know, feel feel like this was real or something. But as an adult, I want to reach into the book and grab them out of this fictional, you know, <laughs> relationship. And anyway, well, their so that parents was very are amazing. just really clueless, They're terrible. terrible. At the school mean. is terrible. I, I mean,
1: decisions.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, they, they get out of there. So, so it's okay. Hey, I wrote down some quotes. I never do this. Oh, okay, awesome. But I actually wrote down some quotes because I like them. And now I'm not gonna find them in my little notebook. Um, so they actually talk, there's a lot of talk about ethics and life philosophy. I mean, kind of along the way. Um, but anyway, I liked I like these two quotes. The first one is, uh, you know, you matter no matter what you do, people are going to expect you to be someone you're not. But if you're clever and lucky and work your butt off, then you get to be surrounded by people who expect you to be the person you wish you were. I like that quote.
1: That's lovely.
0: And then there's one more. Um, loose ends are cool. Loosens mean that you're still living your life. The person who dies with the most loosens wins. And,
1: and the character who says that is, is uh, Patricia's sister, who I think was one of the most interesting characters
0: in the book. Yeah. I never got, I'm not, anyway, I'm not sure I got the hang of her, but she was, she was really interesting. She's not like anyone I'd ever encountered before, but she felt very real and consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, good book. Um, and
1: I will it? say uh, books like this, uh, speculative fiction, protecting the end of the world. Um, often authors have a really good idea and they don't know how to wrap it up, and so the whole time I was reading this book, um, mm. I was sitting there thinking, "Oh God, please don't screw up the ending! Please don't screw up the ending! Please don't screw up the ending!" And I do not think it has a bad ending.
0: <laughs> no, I think it works. I think she carries it through, and I I would definitely recommend this as a YA, wouldn't you? I mean, there might be a few things. I don't know, kind of what the editorial line is on YA. Right. As well. um, there are some sexual situations, but, that's but common in young adults yeah. now. Yeah, but I I would definitely, definitely pass this along to, um, in fact, I plan to pass it yes. along to the teenagers in my house.
1: I think it's marketed as an adult book, but I would, I, I think it's actually better as a YA book. That's, I, yes. I, I would definitely
0: that, categorize it that way. I, like I said, I, I wanted to find its niche. I'm almost worried that it won't. So Yes, go, just
1: go read it and tell us what you think. That's right. That's right.
0: So we have another exciting book lined up for next time. Okay, it's your turn to pick. It's my turn to pick, and I have picked uh, five children on the Western Front by Kate Saunders. And if that five children sounds familiar, it's because it's a follow-up to the Five Children and It series by e by by sorry, by E Nesbit. that um, gosh, okay, the cat just banged into my computer again. <laughs> um, the, the, the cat is excited. The kitten is excited about five children on the Western front. Um, I love those Nesbitt books. I They're love delightful. Them, those, we read that. I've been through them a couple of times as read-alouds with my kids. Uh, and uh, this came out, I want to say 2014. It won an award in Britain. I think um, E. Nesbitt, I think the Five Children It series is, is better known over there. Uh, so it's taken a while to come out in the United States, but it just came out over here. And I am so... It's, it's these kids grown up, and they're dealing with World War One, and I have no idea what it's going to be like. Oh, I'm so excited to
1: read it, though. I loved, of course, like everyone, Five Children and It.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, this this is going to be a good one. Even if it's not good, it should be not good in interesting ways.
0: I mean, when I first heard the title, I thought it was some kind of joke, right? I thought it was some kind of, you know... Uh, spoof but it's not it won an award it won an award in britain so anyway so that is that is next time and i'm probably going to go back and read at least the first one i'll probably reread five children and it at least to remind myself yes of the family but um that is the plan for next time around in two weeks in a fortnight
1: that's amazing i'm so excited yes i think i mentioned to you that um I can no longer call our podcast bi-weekly because of its possible interpretation. So we should start calling it the fortnightly podcast. <laughs> I guess then we will be back in two weeks to talk about five children and it and other homeschool stuff. So, um, if you are listening to this on iTunes, it would be so great. If maybe you wanted to leave us a review, we don't have any reviews yet.
0: Please, please leave please. us a review. <laughs> We're not—we're not ashamed to beg.
1: I keep checking and hitting refresh every day. Obviously, if you don't want to leave a review, no pressure. But it would be so nice if someone wanted to. It would be nice to just have one little review hanging out there. Um, my husband was going to leave a review, but then he couldn't get logged into his iTunes, and it was all very traumatic. So, <laughs> so we're still reviewless. Um, but thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the podcast with Suzanne and Amy. And we'll see you in two weeks for more conversation about the places where home, school, and life intersect. Have a great fortnight. Bye, everybody.